Hey, I'm Matt Ward. I'm your host for the Mass Business Podcast. Welcome back. I'm so excited to have you for episode 19. And boy, do I have a treat for you today. I have my good friend Judy Gallick on the, uh, on the podcast today. And I hope that you're going to really enjoy this conversation around her business. Not so much what she does, but how she's grown it, how she's adapted and changed over time. We're going to dig into that right here in this Mass Business Podcast. Are you ready? Let's go. Welcome to the Mass Business Podcast, where small business owners, also known as risk takers, share their stories about the growth of their business and themselves. Our interviews and our content is focused on growing a small business and understanding networking and referrals. I say it all the time, and I'll say it again today, you never know where your next referral will come from. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Mass Business Podcast, episode 19. I want to introduce you to my friend, Judy Gallick. She's a certified life coach who specializes in family recovery support coaching, helping families work together as a team to reduce relapse rate and overdose rate through family-focused recovery methods. She provides one-on-one coaching to individual family members as it only takes one to start a domino effect. Please join me in welcoming Judy Gallick to the show. Hello, Judy. Welcome. Hello, Matt. Thank you so much for having me on. This is Oh, it's gonna be a blast. I love your energy. I love hanging out with you. You know, I wrote a book, How to Do Business with People Who Bring You Joy. Judy, you always bring me joy. And the reason is you make me smile. Right. We've never, you know, actually we have done business. You're a client of mine, but um I haven't actually done business with you, right? I'm not in a position currently with a family recovery or whatever. I have connected you to people who I think could be good referral sources. Um, but I think the lesson here is you don't always have to do business with people to surround yourself with people who bring you joy. And folks, let me just tell you something. Judy is a massive networker. She loves it. And I would encourage you to find a way to get on a call with Judy because she, she literally, it's like her mission to make you smile. I love it. It's so (laughs) much fun. Yeah. Yeah, Thank you so much. And I enjoy your company also. You're awesome. Yeah, well, th- thank you. I, I mean, I, I thanks. I'll, I'll uh, I appreciate that. Hopefully, you got the Venmo payment for saying that. Um, <laughs> so here's the thing. There's something about you that I want to dig into real quick, um, which is, and we haven't talked about this, so I'm totally, totally blindsiding you with this. But in a couple episodes previously, somebody talked about authenticity. And Judy, I have to say that you're probably one of the most authentic people I've ever met in my life. And what I mean by that is you, you are who you are every single time I see or interact with you. You, you have no qualms about who you are, your energy, you bring it every time. It's not a front. It's who you are. It's not a show. And if, People don't like the energy that you bring for some reason or another, or you say something that they don't like, or you happen to drop a curse word here or there. 
um, and they don't like it, so be it. And you're totally cool with that. I love that. Where does that come from? Oh, where does that come from? I don't, I, I don't know, actually. I've never been asked that question. And just by you acknowledging that I do feel seen, I feel like you're actually seeing me for who I am because that's, that's just how I am. I am myself. And I guess it's a, it's a thing that I had to learn. It's a process that I had to learn, not giving enough about what others think of me because yeah. what I think of myself is what matters the most. And people will dislike you for one reason or another, and you cannot let that be your point of attachment to self-esteem or confidence or whatever else, you know? That yeah. I had to learn through the hard way, and I guess the process for me. Oh, so you mean you're telling me that um, you're not an overnight success, you're a 20-year overnight success. <laughs> yeah. I love that. I, t I say that all the time, right? People often look at who we are and the business we built and think that we did that in the last 24 hours, the last even 24 weeks. But the reality is we did it in the last 20 years. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right? absolutely. Yep. And, and it's I always wish. Go ahead. No, I was going to say it's always baffling when people say to me, oh, yes, of course you you can do this because you're you. You're outgoing and people like you and, and you're pretty. And can you believe there was a time when I did not think myself as pretty or even attractive? Mm -hmm. um, that, that was a major struggle for me. And I had to, like, learn that, you know, just be okay with who I am. And it's definitely a process. It doesn't happen. So it doesn't happen overnight. <laughs> that brings up a memory for me that um, I never used to think I was successful, ever. Mm -hmm. And success is defined so differently by many, many different people. Um, but for me, I just never saw myself as successful until one given week. I don't even recall when it was. One given week, three business people said that word to me in the same week. And that was sort of an awakening for me that others saw me as successful and that I didn't even care what the definition of success was at the time. What I, what I, what I recognized was that others saw the work that I was doing. As you just said a, a few minutes ago, it's about, you know, being seen and showing up in the world in the way in which you want to deliver. And, and it's so unique. And the reason I asked you about your authenticity is because you know, I think that that's a big component of small business. It's, it's who we are as an identity. And if we are not authentic, if, if we don't show up in every angle that we, every way in which we show up, if we don't show up authentic the same every time, then people start to see that. And that lowers the ability to get referrals. That lowers the ability to grow a business. Um, yeah, I see that networking all the time, right? I see in the speaking business, Judy, I saw this thing called speaker voice, which is like, okay, I'm talking to you now. And then I get up on stage and I'm like, hey, I'm Mr. Speaker, man, like radio voice, <laughs> podcast voice, right? <laughs> but that's not what people want. That yeah. They just want regular, the regular Joe or Jane, you know? So yeah. um, talk to me a little bit about uh, your business and in, in 30 seconds or so just describe to the audience the listening and viewing audience what your business is all about well my business is about my heart's work this is my heart's work my passion i love helping family members understand the recovery process 
their roles in the recovery process and how to effectively support someone who's going through that, through the addiction, drug and alcohol addiction recovery. Okay. And so, so to be clear, you don't work with the person who's going through the recovery process. You work with the actual families, which is a completely different model than I think most people are accustomed to hearing about. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think a lot of people have it backwards actually, because I mean, I know, I know for certain there are people who, you know, spent X amount of time, three or six months, even a year or two years away from the family and treatment and going through that process. And right when they go back home, they experience a relapse because home is not conducive to recovery. And a lot of the reason, most of the reason, the main reason why anybody goes through that process and they chronically relapse, it's because of that lack of support. When the family's not on board, when the family's adding too much pressure, when the family is asking the wrong questions, doing all the wrong things, that you know um, feeds into the cycle of addiction, and it makes that process a lot longer than it needs to. Mm, interesting. So, how do you go to market with your business? How, how, as a business owner, how are you finding clients? Networking, networking, talking to wonderful people like yourself. <laughs> what, what, what is it about networking that works for you? Uh, connection. I love connecting with people. Um, that's also the thing I struggle with because I find that many people are very shallow and they're kind of like just wanting a sell or they want to you know, tell you about their products so you know about them so you can get them a sell and not really connecting to learn about each other and get to know and like and trust each other, right? Yeah. Which is what it's all about. Yeah, and that's tough, right? Because in, not to pick on any particular industry, <clears throat> financial advisor. Um, <laughs> but here's the thing: like, so <laughs> I always like to say that you can walk to the end of my driveway to pick up the mail and trip over a realtor, a mortgage professional, and a financial advisor. And it, as I like to say on the Big Connect every month, look: if you get paired up with a financial advisor, just remember, financial advisors are people too. Right. The problem is, is that so many financial advisors have given such a bad rap to the good ones. Right. And so the good ones are fewer and far between. Right. The ones that build relationships and connect and and are genuine and are interested in the relationship long term and not so much your business. And then they they want to get connected to other people with good referral partners. Um, but oftentimes I'll, I'll do a one to one with somebody and their financial advisor and and sort of wrapping up the call. I'm like, well, you know, so who can I, who can I connect you with? And they're like, well, somebody like yourself. I mean, don't you have, don't you have life insurance you'd like to move over? Or I'm like, no, that's not how this works. It's yeah. just not, not how this works. That's just gross, you know? Yeah. So we got to, the thing is we got to do the numbers, right? So that's the, that's the painful part of the process of networking. But when we find those core people, this is the always thing I love to say is that we don't need thousands of clients. Right. We need handfuls, a dozen, something like that. And uh, and so that's that's what I love. The people, the connection that you talk about, the connection. I mean, it's amazing the type of people I've met over the years that have become friends. You know, and it it's a powerful, powerful thing to surround yourself with these people that uplift you all the time. You know, yeah. what, what's your biggest struggle? As a, as a solopreneur and entrepreneur yourself, what's the biggest struggle for you growing your business? 
biggest struggle, I would say, um, I love networking, but it's also a challenge. So connecting with people, as I say, and I find that a lot of people um, misunderstand exactly what I do. They think, you know, they automatically think I work with the people who are going through the um, drug and alcohol addiction and not the family. Um, but I mm. do work with the family. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. Why is that? Um, why do you think that's a struggle? Just because they haven't heard of somebody uh, working with the family before? Well, yes. And, and the whole industry and how they they market things you know they're it's mainly focused on getting them to treatment you know the drug addicts getting mm -hmm. them to treatment getting them to stop those behaviors and a lot of people reach out to me and they say oh yes my child is struggling with addiction um please help her like you need to help you need to work with her i'm like no 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 i would be working with you right because you're the support system and maybe part of the, you know, I mean, everyone is connected um, mm -hmm. and triggers are people, places and things. Mm -hmm. So if you are being helpful and you are supportive and you're helping people, um, your loved ones manage those things, then that whole process is much easier. And it can even be a, a wonderful thing. It's a learning experience for both parties. I love that you said that, right? So learning experiences for both parties. And that's, that's, I also think what business is all about. It's about constantly learning new things, right? So whether it's learning how to network better, learning where to go to find networking events, learning who to take networking appointments with, what, what are you learning now that, um, is for your business or, or, or something around that? I am learning how to refine my consultation process. I have a tendency to, I mean, again, this is my heart's work, right? So mm -hmm. when people are in the middle of telling me their stories and it's just something within me, I don't feel comfortable with just stopping someone mm -hmm. and say, okay, well, stop right there. I have this next question to ask you so we mm -hmm. can get through my process in a, in a time frame. Um, that I'm working on and it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a challenge, but I'm working on it I'm learning mm -hmm. to, to do better with that. How, how, how do you learn? How do you stay up to date, whether it be industry related or even non-industry sort of business related? How do you stay up to date with, with, uh, new things? I read, I read, I read, uh, a lot of books. I love YouTube. I love talking to people. I also attend the family support group meetings. Mm -hmm. um, so you're involved in yeah. the vertical space of recovery work and you're learning things there. And then you're reading periodicals, books, magazines, articles, mm -hmm. blogs in the business space and learning things there. Yeah. And I Where also visit the facility centers the oh yeah and yeah i do that too where do you find the time to do all this judy where do i find well i don't do it all at once <laughs> <laughs> so what's your process time. you were talking about reading books i mean do you read books every day oh yes i read about yeah. at least 20 minutes a day okay. sometimes i end up reading for a whole hour but you know it's it's a good thing i love reading um rehabilitation visits i do that maybe once or twice a week mm -hmm. um, sometimes less depending on what else i have going on 
and meetings. I do two family support group meetings a week. So when it comes to business as a whole, I mean, you, you're doing a lot there. Plus, not to mention you have your own clients you're working with and your own commitments to networking that you're doing and constantly trying to grow and you're running a family, right? So yes. what would you say is your biggest challenge when it comes to learning new things and continuing to grow? Um, I don't, I don't see it as a challenge. I mean, mm. if I had an extra 10 hours in my day, that would be awesome. <laughs> I heard yeah. somebody. I heard somebody in business say the other day that her specialty was saving business, giving back five hours a week to business owners. Wow! I would love to hear how that's done. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, Without it's, taking away from the other stuff I'm already doing, right? Well, so that's <laughs> the thing, right? I think one of the key components of that is outsourcing certain tasks. Mm. The more you can systemize certain things in your business, now obviously you can't outsource certain things, right? And there are many business owners that can't outsource certain work that they do. Yeah. But there's a lot of busy work that we that we business owners tend to do. We get enveloped oh, yeah. in some of the social media stuff. We get involved in uh, developing white papers and downloads and SEO and WordPress website updates and yeah. all kinds of stuff. And those small things can add time back to your calendar. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I do have my website and SEO and all that stuff outsourced. I think mm -hmm. what I could outsource that would free up my time is maybe having a housekeeper come in once a week and a cook. You that so <laughs> that is a it's so interesting you bring that up, Judy, because I think many people listening or viewing this podcast on YouTube, they are not thinking about outsourcing things in their personal life to help them both free up personal time and as such business time. And it's like um, one of my clients recently had someone come in and do their laundry and she was loving every minute of it because she gained all that time back. And yeah, you know, there's a there's a trade off, right? It's it's. It's the time for the money. But there's a book out there called Who Not How. And it's written with the concept of who can do this work, not how can I get this done. Right. And it's basically built around the idea of outsourcing and the author outsourced the book. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, so who not how is like, okay, who can be the chef? Who can be the cleaner? Who can be uh, the housekeeper? Who can be the, the laundry thing? Who, who can, Mow. I. By the way, I should just, you know, be as authentic as possible. I don't mow any grass in my entire life. Like nothing. For the properties I have, yeah, yard people. Thank you very much. I have zero <laughs> interest in pushing or riding a mower. The only time I'd love to ride a mower is when I can put a Bluetooth headset on and listen to music at the same time. But I won't actually do it, Judy. There was a time early on in my business ownership with my web design company that I had a house. I had a really nice ride on mower. And I was so busy with the business. The mower never came out of the garage and my neighbors mowed my lawn because it got so long. <laughs> now it's just super simple. I get into a contract with a landscaping company and I say, can you just take care of it and make it look pretty? Yeah. Because I don't done. have to touch it now. It's done. And yeah, there's a cost trade-off, right? I see the charge every month on my credit card. But 
Would I rather do that than go push a mower or ride on it, you know? Yeah, yeah. I hear you. And you spend more time doing what you love, and that's creating and producing more income, right? That's the idea. It doesn't always yep. work to produce more income sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Well, if you're having someone, you know, mow yeah. your lawn and you're sitting in front of the TV, not, well, that's, you know, not really that's, productive. That's the other but... issue, right? I mean, you definitely don't <laughs> want to do that for sure. Um, business owners out there, that's, that's a challenge right now um, th- that you, you want to do that. What, when you think about running a business, like when you think, how long have you been in business, Judy? A little bit over two years now. Okay. Yeah. So two years. So we've had a couple of people on the podcast that were brand new within one year, uh, 18 months, two, three years. When you think back to when you started and compare that to now, what do you wish you knew then that you know now? Hmm. The power of networking. Ooh. Yes. I was, I was an introvert. I mean, I, I still consider myself an introvert mm-hmm. and you would think I'm very outgoing and like life of the party. Right. But like put me in a room full of people, I'll be standing in the corner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that's me. And I had to work myself out of that. And how did you do that? Zoom, Judy? How did, how did you well, do that? Zoom, Zoom made it easier mm-hmm. being beyond the camera. And what now, since COVID, those gatherings are much smaller and they, mm-hmm. they consist of people I've already met on Zoom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that, that is a lot of the, of the stress for me. Because, I mean, if I've already had a conversation with you and I know you feel and understand who I am, mm-hmm. um, the question is always, are they going to like me? Am I going to be too much? You know, mm. for people who don't know who I am, because I mean, that's been the feedback I, I get. From it's many it's people. so interesting that you mentioned that, you know, um, when I became a professional speaker, I found out rather quickly that my number one issue was need for approval. I was standing on stage wanting everyone in the audience to approve of me and what I said. And eventually I was able to shed that. And I never forget, I watched an audience member get up and leave the room. I was speaking in Las Vegas. And, and literally, while I was speaking, my subconscious, my head consciously was telling me, it was saying to me, why is she leaving the room? This is good content. I literally said that to myself. Why are you leaving the room? It's good content. And then I talked to my coach about it. Mm-hmm. And she was amazing. The first thing she said was, well, maybe she had to go to the bathroom. Oh, good point. Then she said, well, maybe she got an emergency text from her kids. I'm like, oh, good point. And then she said, and maybe your content sucked. (laughs) I'm (laughs) like, oh, good point. And then she said, here's the thing, Matt. You got to know who you're for and who's for you. And that's when it set in. When, When Tamsin Webster told me that, I realized immediately we don't need all the clients in the world. As I said earlier, we don't need a thousand clients. We need 10. We need 20, right? We need to know our numbers to know what we need to get. And by someone self-selecting out of your service actually is of service to you because now you're not chasing the wrong prospects. And mm-hmm. so um, I, I would say never think about whether or not they're going to like you. 
Because the people that like you, Judy, don't just like you. They love you. I know a lot of people who know you. And they love you. They love the energy and the authenticity, you know? Thank you, Matt. You know, one thing I've learned since then, like, again, it's it's been a process mm -hmm. for me, right? Is that everybody is actually thinking of themselves. They're not thinking about you. They're thinking of themselves. And we all do that, right? Yeah. So it's like, okay, so it's it's just no point to even waste that time and energy thinking about what they're thinking of you when they are mm -hmm. thinking about what you're thinking of them. <laughs> I don't even know how that's going to be written in the transcript uh, in the show notes, but we're going to figure out how to write that in the show notes, folks. That's going to end up in a that's going to end up in a quote with Judy's name on it. Uh -uh. What? And I can't record it. We're gonna have to pull it right out of the audio file. It's gonna be fantastic. That's a great quote. Oh, thank so you. what? What's next for your business, Judy? What's What's next for you? Uh, group coaching. I've been. Mm -hmm. It's been an idea for quite some time, but I've really been putting a lot of thought and energy into it. I do have a free um, Facebook group, but mm -hmm. essentially, I would love to have a paid group where people are committed to doing the work and a community of others who are going through the same, you know, similar situation and experience so they can really get that support, not just from me, but from the whole community. And so are you, um, because this is a new service for you, are you analyzing other group coaching programs and seeing what you like, don't like, what you want to change about them to make it work for you? That's kind of what I did for my group coaching program. Yes, I've gone through that process. And the way I'm going to do it is um, I'll have a weekly Zoom call with the group. So whoever is available and can jump on there, they will, it will be live but not recorded for, you know, privacy purposes. Oh, right. Yes. And in the group, on um, in the actual group, the community, I will be active in there perhaps two, three times a week. Mm -hmm. Um on video, but I'll be interacting mm -hmm. with um, the questions that people um, publish and ask and all that stuff. Super cool. So yeah. what about the work to get there, right? I mean, I think small business owners, they get these ideas, which are often um, white, shiny objects, right? And we chase them and we start to realize that there's a whole bunch of work involved. So. Mm -hmm. um, I I know what's involved in launching a group coaching program. Um, and I imagine you're starting to realize what could be involved in that. Um, it does, do you worry? Like, is it, is it like, what's your mindset around launching a new service offering? Is it a challenge for you or do you worry about whether or not you can pull it off? No, I can certainly pull it off. Um, for me, what's been the challenge is because it's a course, I'm, I'm building a course and people will buy the course and be placed in that group afterward mm, for continuous mm -hmm. support. So it's, it's mainly creating the course for me, um, figuring out what to put into it because I have so much I can share. Yeah. Um, it's going to be about boundaries. Boundaries is something a lot of people struggle with in the recovery field, not knowing what it is or, you know, how to enforce it. Mm -hmm. So that that's a it's, it's a lot. Um, so just refining what I'm going to have in the course, create the course and then launch it. 
um, in my mindset, it's, it's something people want. You know, people mm-hmm. people want it. People are desperate for this type of of work. And for those people who are thinking about adding a course to your service offerings, I'll just share with you how I did mine. I did a live three-hour workshop in Houston, Texas in 2019, and I recorded it on audio and recorded it on video for myself. It was only for myself. And then I rewatched everything and broke down the modules that I had written out. And then those modules became the modules for the course. And then I just recorded all the videos for the course based on the content that I did. So don't forget you can repurpose your content and your workshops and things into these online classes. And yeah. uh, that helps accelerate the ability to get it out the door. So. Oh, yes, yes. Um, with the free group coaching, um, yeah. well, the free Facebook group I have, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do it live in that group and record it and then there repurpose it in that way. Yeah. See, that's genius. That's That's a great tactic. Now, um, speaking of uh, services and software and things like that, um, I always like to ask the guests, what one piece of software do you think is a game changer for small business that could help other small business owners? Uh, you know, I tried so many things and tried doing all of that stuff myself. And I found it much easier for me when I outsourced to Thrive. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So they, they do my um, small, like short videos. Mm-hmm. Um, I can book my services through them. Mm-hmm. And um, they do my website, you know, and email yeah. campaign. They have that available too. So that was that was definitely a game changer for me, having everything just be in one place. And I don't have to worry about it. Yeah. And social now, media um, content too. They do. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There social. you go. Yeah. So Thrive, T-H-R-Y-V, right? Yep. I think. Okay, yeah, we'll add that in the show notes. Um, You said earlier that you like to read. Best business book you've read? Well, of course, your book, Matt. And no, you didn't pay me to say this. (laughs) And I I have to say it's one of the best books because it's authentic and it's full of tips. And it's real, like things people would not think about, you know, like a lot of um, a lot of the business book I've read. It's more so like, you know, going after the, the kill or whatever, you know, yeah. um, and doing all the stuff to get the sale or to close the deal. But your book was more so like authentic and tips on how to connect with other people, mm-hmm. which is I mean, like what my business is all about connection, because, you know, a lot of people who are struggling with addiction, they're not advertising it, you know, so that helped mm-hmm. me a lot. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Well, I appreciate yeah. that. Wait. All right. Give me another <laughs> book now. Not not my book, but give me another book. OK. Uh, the Gold Giver. Oh, Bob Berg. Book. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yeah, the I love that book. It's very small, short and sweet. Yeah. Um, ties into what you uh, what mm-hmm. you write in your book about uh, mm-hmm. being of service to mm-hmm. other people and not really worried so much about where the business is gonna come and trusting that it will come. You know, because once people like it. you and and you know they will refer to you. Yeah, I just had a conversation with Bob the other day, and uh, he's such a great guy. He's he's open. He's honest. <laughs> And, uh, 
Uh, I'm really excited. I'm, I'm, I'm told him about my new book that's coming out, and he's excited to help me launch that. So that's going to be fun. So oh, nice. yeah, he's awesome. he's such a great guy. He's such a great guy, and 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 I think his books have changed the world in a lot of ways. You know, the people that get their hands on them, love them, just and they say the same, very similar things that what you said. And I think that's great. So we'll make sure we add a link in the show notes to the Go Giver on Amazon. You can check that out. Um, Judy, thanks for joining us on on this episode episode 19 of the mass business podcast. Um, if the listeners on their favorite podcast platform or viewers on YouTube want to get in touch with Judy Gallick, how can they do so? How can they reach out, whether it's just for networking or for um, a chat about uh, family recovery support? My email is the best um, info, contact information for me. That's Judy Gallick at Passage. That's P-A-S-S-A-J-E llc.com my email address and social media you know if you hopefully if someone googles my name or hop on facebook they'll find me <laughs> there you go and if you don't know how to get a hold of her we're going to put all those links in the show notes uh, her website her email social media links things like that we'll have them all in the show notes so you can make sure you can connect with her judy thank you so much for sharing your insight about business growth what you do and the challenges that you face that information is really going to help other people and the things you've learned in the two years you've been in business. I can't wait to talk to you in another five years to see what has changed from now. Can you believe it? Wow. I hope this podcast is still going strong then. We'll see if it works. Maybe it'll be you know, on episode 19. Maybe it'll be episode 1019 or something, right? Yeah, that would <laughs> be, be amazing. Fun. Thank you so much, Matt. This was absolutely, wonderful. absolutely. And uh, for those of you listening, make sure that you subscribe on the Favorite Podcast app. Don't forget to like and share and smash that subscribe button on YouTube. And like I always say, until next time, don't forget to live happy, smile a lot, and high five everyone <laughs> around you. Take care, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Mass Business Podcast, where we focus on growing a small business and understanding networking and referrals. Don't forget to like on your favorite platform and share out this podcast. This show has been produced by Heather Grant, music by Celtic Kelly, All Rights Reserved. I'm your host, professional speaker, author, and word of mouth referral consultant, Matt Ward. Don't forget to live happy, smile a lot, and high five everyone around you. Feeling all right. High five the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. High five the world. Make a difference today. Nothing to it, it's just an attitude.